0: Here's Randy.
1: Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to a fine time for healing. I am, of course, Randy Fine. Uh, and today is Free Advice Friday, the day that I take your calls and answer your questions. So if you have something you would like to say to me, I would love to hear it. The number you will call in to talk to me with is 424220. One eight zero one that's four two four two two zero one eight zero one and as always, I encourage you to call in. Um, if I'm talking about a topic that really uh, resonates with you, then please do call in and talk with me. I would love to meet you. There's a couple of things going on here. Um, so I am adding something to my Shop page on my website, randyfine.com. There's going to be downloadable um, posters that I have created that you can print and frame. And they're going to have um, some beautiful affirmations that will be great for you to have and look at on a daily basis you can even run down and read go down and read all the things that are on there on a daily basis and it will be very very empowering for you so uh, i know that i had um i told you about my shop page on randyfine.com and then i realized recently that the page wasn't working there was no cart (laughs) there was no anything there that you could Shop with that is all fixed. So please go back to my randyfine, Randy Fine I'm sorry, randyfine.com shop page, and take a look at what's there. there's some really great downloadable uh, CD um, MP3s that you can have, and with some amazing information on it. And I'll be adding some things in the next few days. So just pop in and check that out. The other thing I wanted to tell you is that I am going to, um, starting next week, I am going to be doing um, YouTube videos once or twice a week based on the amount of um, questions and interest I get. But uh, at least once a week I'll be putting up a brief YouTube video about different topics And so, uh, if you follow my channel, Randy Fine, you will be advised of when those are popping up, and they will be regularly done. So, I will have, I've always had this YouTube channel, and I've been putting things on there for, for years, but I haven't done anything on a regular basis. This will be me talking to you. You will see me, and I will be talking about different topics in order to, Help me to be able to do this and do as many as possible. I would love for you to submit your um, questions, comments, and anything that you, any topic that you have heard me talk about that you'd like to hear again, or a topic that I have not touched upon that you would like to know about, or even a question that you have personally that you'd like me to read and answer. So this will help give me content. And the more content I have, the more often I can do these. So with your help, we'll get this up and running next week. Again, this is a call-in show. The number is 424-220-1801. I know that mental health is um, a primary issue right now with everybody, Being on lockdown and things are starting to open up depending on where you are I know down in South Florida things are are beginning to loosen up we're getting around a lot more with masks which I find so inconvenient but it is what it is so uh, but the one thing I wanted to say is that I know depression is something we have all experienced while being on this lockdown if you are in the process of healing from this or just beginning to start, of course, this is going to be, you're going to focus more on this issue than you ever have before. And that's going to create depression. But I I can tell you that there were maybe two or three days in, oh, I guess we were home like 80 days. Uh, There were about two or three days where I, suffered from depression all day and it wasn't about anything it just was i've mentioned in the past that children of narcissistic parents who grow up in these chaotic confusing environments often have duration physical brain alteration that makes processing emotions more difficult than one who has not been in these environments. So there will be times even after you heal, there, there will be days, there will be time in between where you may have depression. It's not very long lasting, it's not debilitating, but you know it's there. And what I want to tell you about that is that understand it and don't worry about it. Don't focus on it. Don't think you're, you're going backwards. When you have a day like that, just allow it. Just say, okay, I am a little more down today. I have a little less energy today than I usually have, and I'm going to ride it out. And what will happen is if you just allow it, if you go into introspection and try to find out what is going on and bring that up and look at it and sit with it, that's all you really have to do. Don't resist it. If you have a day of depression, don't resist it. Allow it. And when you allow it, it will go away exactly the way it came and often there's no rhyme or reason for why it's coming so that's what i wanted to say about um depression and being home and you know i am sorry that so that so many of you hurt so much i know your pain and it is unfair that you've had to experience, the abuse that you experienced, the suffering, the healing, the efforts towards healing, which are strenuous at times. But I do thank you all for trusting me with this. And when I'm speaking to you like this, I'm not seeing anybody or hearing anybody or knowing that you're out there, but I do know that you're hurting or you wouldn't be listening to this. And you will get through this. The quicker, if you want it to be quicker, enlist help. Because doing it yourself will draw it out. I mean, it will draw it out for years. You'll be going through this process for years. As opposed to maybe three months where it could all be over. But I can help you get through this. But even just listening to my shows and reading my articles, um, it's going to help you get through this. One thing that we tend to do that keeps us stuck in our pain is that we ruminate. We analyze. We go back and try to apply logic to what happened to us. And we run it around and around and around in our heads. And we think back incidents that happened why did that person do that to me i was so good to that person why did they say that to me why do they devalue me what happened in that moment you know what were they thinking why why could how could they be so mean and uh sadistic to me well all these things they're realistic questions however There are no answers to any of them, none of them. And you can think about these things, you can go round and round and round and round thinking about it, trying to figure it out. And that's what we do because we have logical brains, logical minds. We do apply logic to situations. That's how we adjust in this world. There is no logic, to narcissistic abuse, none. So when you go round and round with this, all it does is keep you stuck in pain. The goal is to, to some kind of acceptance, that it just is because it is. And if you listen to me a lot and you read my articles and you've read my books you'll understand it is what it is. This narcissistic personality disorder abuse is always the same and it always does the same thing to the people who are targeted, the people who are victimized. Everybody responds the same way so if you think that you're odd in your response, I'm telling you, you're not. <clears throat> I don't even have to know you to know that. I know that um, I know that what you're going through is exactly what everyone else is going through, and there's nothing odd about it. It's what happens. But if you want to heal, acceptance is the first thing coming to some sort of acceptance and saying this is what it is it just is i don't know why this person did this to me i never will know why this person did this to me i can question that person i will never get answers i can write letters to that person they will read a completely different letter you will never get validation and so decision to accept and begin the process of moving forward is where you must start. Acceptance. It is what it is. What throws us is that these people that have been in our lives that supposedly loved us they look like us they relate to us as a human they even know how to respond correctly at times they even know how to say the right things at times that's not the general way that they (laughs) that they act but they can do it from time to time and that throws us Understand, the narcissistic mind is nothing like ours, nothing like it. They don't have all the emotions and all the processing that we have. They don't have the ability to enjoy life, see beauty, appreciate love, they don't have the ability to love. They can't do it. They can mimic it very well, but they can't do it. They can't love, whether it's a parent or a spouse or a partner. They cannot love. And to think back, so many people say to me, I can't believe I have wasted all these years on someone who I thought loved me and didn't. I wasted all these years. And it's never a waste because what this does is it brings you to healing in the best possible way. When you heal from this abuse, you rise above all your issues, all of them. Things you didn't even know you had but they're all going to be there and you're going to rise above all of them and that is the gift at the end of the process and talking about looking at people and thinking that they're human when when we think of our mother and we think of our father and we think of our family these are emotionally charged words mother Father, family, emotionally charged words. And they're words where there are expectations that come along with them. What we think a mother should be, what we think a father should be, what we think a family should be. And when the person is narcissistic, they defy everything that we think they should be. So, a mother who is narcissistic is not a mother in any sense except that she birthed you. That's it. That's where the end of mother starts. And from that point on, she's a narcissist. And her agenda is to feed on you, she's a parasite. And she'll do whatever it takes to get her supply. The father contributes his seed. That's about it. The narcissistic father contributes his seed. That brings you here. That's where his ends. So his ends a lot sooner, a lot faster. He doesn't have to carry you for nine months. That's where father ends. He fathers you. You are biologically fathered by this person. But he's not a father, he's a narcissist. And narcissists are parasites who feed on their children. It's why you felt so terrible living in that environment. It's why you grew up without any ability to cope and found yourself in situations that you wish you hadn't gotten into, bad relationships, hanging out with the wrong people, living in therapy for years and years and years because you're so confused and depressed that you can't function. getting into drugs and alcohol to help you numb these painful feelings that you can you have no access to because you don't know what they are because they're so buried deep inside of your psyche you don't know what they are you just know you're in pain and you know that the choices that you're making are not good for you because and you keep making one after the other after the other all these bad decisions And you look back and say, why am I doing this? Or why are these people choosing me? Why do these people keep choosing me? And it's not that they're choosing you. It's that you're choosing them. The word family is also emotionally charged. When we get to this point where we come to terms with a narcissistic parent or sibling or something like that we do not want to give up our family it's a family that's your people that's that's the people who love and trust you and that you are supposed to love and trust that's the people who have your back that's the people who are always going to be there for you that's what a family is your siblings your parents it's a unit and you all function like a unit everybody contributes to that unit in a narcissistic family it is not a family because everybody in the family is in their own corner corner in survival mode Because no one knows how to deal with it. This is so odd. So messed up, so confusing, so chaotic. Nobody knows how to deal with it. So everybody is scrambling to find ways to deal with it. Whether they start drinking or doing drugs or they run away or they become pleasers to create more emotional safety, more emotional time that's safe. Or they become narcissists because this is where it forms, if it's going to form. Or they become angry, become rebellious. So these are all ways that we deal with things when we don't know how to deal with them. And it would be a little easier if we knew what we were dealing with. But we don't. So we have no way of coping. So we use these maladaptive methods of coping that, because we have no other healthy ones Normal parents, good parents, teach children how to, how to go through life and deal with things. Um, abusive parents do not. They don't care. So you're on your own. And then you get to be an adult, and life hits you hard. And you don't know what to do with it. So you become codependent. You try to fix people and you get into all kinds of problems as a result of it. So these things that happen in childhood, you're, you're carrying them now until you realize what has happened, accept what has happened, and understand that you had nothing to do with it. <clears throat> People say to me, well, I have some responsibility. I did some things. You know, I did some things, too. You have no responsibility in this. None. You were provoked. You were goaded. Any terrible reaction that you had or any rebellious thing that you did or any nasty words that you said were all reactions to abuse. You didn't know what to do. You were pushed beyond your limit. So I want you all to forgive yourself, yourselves for the things that you did that you're not proud of when you were under the spell of a narcissist. You didn't do anything wrong, and this was not you. This was just a reaction to something that was being done to you. You're not a bad person. You didn't lash out and create issues. You were only responding to abuse. And you didn't even know it was abuse, probably. You may, you may not. But whatever it is, and when, even when you recognize abuse, dealing with abuse is counterintuitive. So what you would do in any normal situation or circumstance or in any relationship, when it's a narcissist that's abusing you, you have to do the opposite of what logic tells you to do. So how can you know this? How can you possibly, possibly know how to do this? In situations where you're about to leave um, a spouse and there's children, if you leave without understanding how to do this, it's going to be a great big mess that you may not be able to fix. Because your natural tendency is going to be to react the way that you do or respond the way that you think is appropriate. But I'm telling you that everything is counterintuitive. So what you think you should do, you do the opposite. That's very hard to wrap your head around, and it's very hard to behave that way. It doesn't feel right. It goes against your natural instincts, your natural responses. So you end up saying the wrong thing or reacting. You know, narcissists feed on emotion, they feed on your emotion. Any response is acceptable, anything, except ignoring them, except giving them the silent treatment, except not making eye contact, except speaking in a monotone voice. These are things the narcissist does not know what to do with. They don't know what to do with it. And it's not feeding them, and it's terrifying for them when you begin to do that. But that doesn't feel good to you to have to do that. It doesn't feel good to behave that way. And when you, you know... In order to do this, it has to be short periods of time. You can't go for years and years married to somebody behaving this way. You'll lose all feeling. You'll shut down. You'll put walls up so high nothing will ever get in. You'll walk around like a zombie. See, you can't do this long term. You can only do this for short spurts. So if you're, <clears throat> if you're thinking about leaving your narcissistic spouse, once you understand the process of doing it, the right way to do it, then you can begin using these techniques because you're going to have to manipulate the situation in order for it to work out the way you want it to work out. In divorce, we want it to be equitable and fair and nice, and we want to shake hands and be friends. That will never, never happen when you leave a narcissist. Never. If you have money together, they will take it all. This will not be equitable. They will take everything from you and try to take your soul, too, Take your friends and take your family and take your community. They take it all from you, all of it, and your children if they can. So there will be no nice-nice. There will be no handshaking. There will be no friendship around parenting. And... I know all of you are really nice people. You don't like to do mean things. You don't like to do unfair things. I get it. But you're going to have to. Because what's been done to you has been very unfair. And this is about taking your power back and moving on in your life in a way that's healthy for you. So I want to advise you, before you do this, not to have any grand illusions, because it's not going to be nice. You, you are the narcissist's property. They believe they own you. They dehumanize and objectify their victims. Victims meaning children, spouses, partners. So to objectify someone means to make them an object. When you're an object, you're not a feeling thing. You don't have empathy. If you're an an object, you know, if they're abusing a, a rock, they don't care. Because it's a rock. So you're the rock. They don't see inside you. They don't cut you open and see the beautiful crystals inside of you. They don't care who you are, what you're about, what you want. If you're happy, they don't care. You're a rock. But they own that rock. They own you. And they don't want you to take it away. So when you leave, you're stealing property. And they, and that's why the smear campaign begins, because you are stealing their property. You are property, and you are stealing it. And they will never let you live it down. It'll be a vendetta that will be in their mind forever. They may not act on it forever, but it'll always be there in their mind. And that's all they see in a divorce. They don't think about the years you spent together, they don't think about the wonderful times you had. You're a rock. And that's about it. And dehumanizing. So let me explain what that is. So we all know about Hitler and the Nazi regime and the six million Jews that were put into death camps and murdered in horrible ways. How did that happen? How could that happen? How could all these soldiers do these horrible things to other human beings? How can they do that? They dehumanize them. And this is what they were taught. They were taught that the Jewish people, dirty, filthy animals. And that's their worth. That was all they were. They're dirty, filthy animals. And because they were dirty, filthy animals, these soldiers had no problem doing what they did. That's dehumanization. So narcissists see you as property. They don't care about you. You are not human. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care that they hurt you. So understand that. No matter what role the person plays in your life, if they're a narcissist, you are a rock. And that's about all you mean. Maybe you're a pretty rock. Maybe you're a crystal. But they'll never go inside. They'll never cut it open. They'll never look further. So... These emotionally charged words, mother, father, family, understand they're just words when you have a narcissist in the family. There is no family. There is no cohesiveness to a narcissistically abused family. Everyone is in their own corner. And I know you've heard me talk about this before, but I've never seen any... um, Well, let me just say it this way. There's only one child in a family that rises up out of this, the phoenix. There's only one phoenix that rises up out of the ashes. I've never seen it to fail. Never. Because what happens is, if we're all in survival when everybody's in their own corners... And all they're getting is crumbs from now and, now and then, crumbs of attention, crumbs of affection, crumbs of whatever it is that they think is love. And they'll take crumbs. That's it. That's all they're getting, and they'll take it. When somebody gives up their crumbs because they're moving on, everybody else rushes in for their share. And that's what happens. And then you are alienated from the family. And they all seem like a cohesive unit. They're not a cohesive unit, and you have lost nothing. They're the same people who are trying to survive an abusive environment. But if you're listening to me, chances are you want want out. You don't want to feel this way again. And ever again. And I'm telling you that you don't have to. You really don't have to. But, you know, as I've explained, this is a really hard thing to get over. You didn't deserve the abuse. And there's no justice for what you went through, there is no justice. But we know that the world is not a fair place or a just place. But we do know that people use their suffering. They heal from it, and then they make the world a better place by helping others in other ways. Every person out there that is like me, that, is, that has this platform to help other people, whatever it is, whether it's spiritual, whatever the topic is, they're doing it because they've survived something horrible. And they want to give back and they want to help others. That's what the good that can come out of this is when you heal, you can give the way you want to give. And um, you can't give now. Because you have nothing to give. Every time you give, you feel empty and drained. It's sucking the life out of you. Kind person you want to be. It's okay. That's, that's you. You want to be kind. And guess what? You don't have to ever give up being kind. But until you turn that kindness around onto yourself... And love yourself first. You are not going to have enough to give anyone. It's truly amazing how much you fill up with love when you love yourself and how easy it is to give it out. It doesn't drain you. I couldn't do what I do if I hadn't learned that, that first lesson, that I have to love and protect myself at all costs, that no one should tell me how I should feel, that no one should bring toxicity into my life. I don't allow it. I can't. And when I've been challenged by people, It doesn't matter. I can't. I can't be any other way because if I allow toxicity into my life and I allow people to run my emotions, I've lost everything I've gained. So I can't do it. But you know me because you listen to me. You know that I'm a giver and a helper and a healer. And the work that I do is extremely difficult. People tell me they don't know how I do what I do because I'm dealing with very broken people, people who are hurting, people who are in terrible pain. That's what I deal with. But I can do it. There was years ago I could not have done that. Years ago I would have fallen apart. I couldn't have handled it. I would have internalized and absorbed every bit of it. I'm not there to share people's pain. I'm there to help them overcome their pain in a positive way. So there's times where it gets to me, and I tell myself, it's not for me to share their pain. I'm there to create a positive direction for them, a healing protocol, whatever it is, I'm there to show them a different way, and that's what my role is, and though I think about these people and I process things, I cannot internalize it, so this is what self-love does. That's exactly what it does. I have so much pouring out of me to give all of you because I did the work, because I got through this, because I love myself, because I have to come first. There's a trick that I tell everybody, that all my clients that work with me, In every situation that feels uncomfortable, ask yourself, me or them? And what I mean by that is, who do I need to take care of in this moment? Me or them? I'm uncomfortable with this situation. Who's more important in this moment? Me or them? Who do I have to protect in this moment? me or them. It should always be me. Unless somebody is laying in the street from a car accident and in terrible shape. Well, then it's not about you. Then you do what you need to do. But I'm talking about in emotional relationships, relationships that you have with people you know there's times there's emergencies and it can't be about you but when it when you're relating to someone and you don't know which way to go this is what you tell yourself do i take care of me do i protect me or do i take care of them and protect them at the cost of me So I know this is a very foreign concept to many of you. But it will come to you at some point. It will arrive. And this will eventually be finished. And then maybe you can rise above it and tell your story to other people. So talking about telling your story... um, I want to talk about writing a letter that you don't intend to send. You can say goodbye to someone. You can tell that person what they did to you, how it made you feel, what happened, how it's affected you, down what you're doing about it, what you're doing now in the moment, to let it go. Don't ever send it because, as I said in the very beginning of this um, show, they will read a completely different letter. It will be nothing like what you wrote. They will not see what you wrote on that paper. It is bizarre. But I know that you know this is true. So write. Write. Write, write, write this all out. Get your feelings out. Tell them what they did. This is your chance to say it. And to release the power they have over you. And to acknowledge that you at some time gave them your power. And now you're taking it back telling them that you refuse to be defeated by them telling them how your life will continue continue how it must continue and stating you have won acknowledging what you gained you have won And then say goodbye, if that's what you want to do. But this is very important for you to do this process. What happened? How did it feel? How has it affected you? What are you doing now to let it go? And then acknowledging that you gave up your power, but you're taking it back. Dating. That you will not be defeated. talking about you continuing on with your life. This is your life, and you are going to continue on with it. And stating you have won, and you have gained information, gained a perspective that's going to help you in the future. So that's the letter. Do not ever send it. After you write it, you can burn it. You can rip it up. You can do what you want, or you can keep it and look at it. Whatever you feel is best for you to do to help you get this out. At some point, hopefully, anger will rise up out of you. There has to be some anger. I say this all the time. I don't mean you've... Any of you have taken a victim mentality. Not one of you. You wouldn't be listening to me if that was your mentality. But you were victimized. You were targeted and victimized. You were birthed, birthed and, that's a hard word to say, birthed and victimized. And so the process was to tear you down. To destroy you, to destroy your yourself, your individuality, your sense of intuition, to turn you upside down so you don't know what's up and what's down, you were victimized, and you don't have to be a victim. You aren't a victim, but you were victimized. So you have a right to be angry. You have every right to be angry at what was done to you. You don't have the right to be angry at yourself because you did nothing. You don't have the the right to put yourself down, humiliate yourself, say things to yourself about how, how could you not have known this how could you not have seen it why did you stay so long why did you why did you why did you you should have you couldn't have i'm telling you you could not have until you did you couldn't have left until you did in your situation every situation is different but you could not have left until you did and be proud of yourself that you did not everybody gets out plenty of people, get stuck and never get out. So for you to get out, you need to be patting yourself on the back, not criticizing yourself for what you think you did wrong, because you didn't do anything wrong. You did everything right. It just didn't work. And then you pulled up this power from inside of you somewhere you drew your strength somewhere at this moment particular moment where you said i'm getting out i can't do this anymore where did that strength come from it's this inner self this inner power rising up and saying it's time for me it's time for me to take back my life or start my life Because if you were raised by narcissistic parents, lived in a narcissistic family, you've been living, but you haven't started your life. Because you can't live and enjoy and accomplish when your life is is nothing but a house of cards. You have got to build a foundation under you. There's... Children are supposed to be given a foundation to learn and grow from, a foundation of emotional safety, a foundation of tools, a foundation of love, unconditional love. That's what children need. And that builds a really strong foundation. And then they can continue to build up from there. When you are the child of narcissistic parents, your life is a house. was built on a house of cards which is why you've lived this roller coaster life things get better then they get worse things get better then they get worse because you're building a house of and then someone is blowing it down you don't have a solid foundation under you and until you do you're not going to feel safe in this world you're not going to feel safe to move on and accomplish what you want to, want to accomplish And to love the way you want to love and to give the way you want to give. You just won't feel safe. You won't be able to do it. It'll drain you. And you'll wonder, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. No. You were victimized and abused. And now you're going to heal. I hope that I emphasized enough the difficulty in doing this and all the little ins and outs that come up while you're trying to heal from this. It's very confusing. Your mind tells you things that it shouldn't be telling you, your mind tells you things that aren't even relevant to the moment. They're just old programming that somebody put in there because they had a sinister agenda. So they programmed it into you, and you're still thinking it as if it's your thoughts. That's what it feels like when you're programmed. You're thinking your own thoughts. That's what it feels like, which are your own thoughts and which are not. And this is where I come in. And help you sort all that stuff out so that you have this clear vision, this clear divide. The veil just, curtain goes up. All of a sudden, it's all clear. And you don't wrestle with these things anymore. It's clear. It's very clear cut. You know what you want to do. You know what you have to do. And you're ready to do it because it becomes clear it's not confusing it's not a whole bunch bunch of um conflicting thoughts that are inside of you things you don't understand you don't know what to do with no it gets very clear i help you clear all that stuff away move it out of the way get rid of it so that you can see and then you take on your life and you don't need me it happens really quickly And as I've told you before, I do not make a living on counseling. It does not support me. I don't charge a lot. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to help you. I want to help you. So um, if you're on the fence, just go to randyfine.com and go to um, Find Coaching Counseling, and you can make an appointment with me. And I can help you. It doesn't matter where you are. I have clients all over the world. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me to know that people from all corners of the world are listening to me and coming to me for help. I am so honored. Thank you all for listening to me. Thank you for all for trusting me. I'm so grateful for that. I want to tell you about the guest I'm going to have on, um, on Monday, June 15th. His name is Daniel Shaw, and he wrote a book for therapists called Traumatic Narcissism. But in this book, he demonstrates how narcissism can best be understood not merely as character but as a result of specific trauma of subjugation in which one person is required to become the object for a significant other who demands subjectivity. Um, I found this guy on YouTube. You can actually look for him, um, Daniel Shaw. You can hear him speak about this. He's a psychologist, I believe, um, or a a counselor of some sort. And he speaks about this all over the place. He's, He's, talks about cults and what actually happens in cults so i reached out to him after hearing him uh, or seeing him on youtube and asked him if he would come on and talk to my audience and he agreed he was happy to do it so that's um monday june 15th that's this coming monday at 11 a.m eastern tune in if you can't tune in live then uh, listen to the archives afterwards. Again, um, if you have things you want me to talk about on YouTube, topics, please feed me topics. I need them. (laughs) I need to hear what you want to hear so I know what to talk about. Because I'm not just somebody who just starts talking. Um, I need to have some ideas of what, except actually on this show, I am somebody who just talks because I don't know what I'm saying Um, (laughs) because it's coming through me. But whatever. But yeah, if I'm going to do something like YouTube, I need to have ideas of what I'm going to say so I can do this on a regular basis and be there for you. Be a presence on YouTube. You'll be able to see me talk to you. And at some point, I'll open it up for questions. When I know that people are following, I'll open it up for live questions. Um, Initially, I'm not going to do that, but you can leave your questions on the YouTube page. So that I'm going to begin next week. And again, look at my shop page there's going to be some beautiful, beautiful um, posters that you can download that will, will speak to you and give you the uh, affirmations and support you need on a daily basis. They're beautiful. So, I mean, in addition to this, I'm also an artist, so this is why you sometimes see things, jewelry and stuff like that. Um, but this, uh, this applies to you, so it's going on my website. I also have an Etsy store, but um, this is going on my website. So go there and look at the downloads. They're only eight dollars. Eight dollars to record—I mean, to listen to an entire segment of me talking. I charge sixty dollars an hour. I'm charging you eight dollars for this information. So. Anyway, you can go on my page, randyfine.com, go to uh, shop under the menu. And I hope you will all support me as I support you. I look forward to that. Um, That's about it. The show is over. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randifine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.